I'm Brian Summers, and you're listening to episode 22 of We're Getting Better. In this episode, we talk to photographer Christopher Schaefer about starting as an IT specialist to eventually traveling the world with DJ Jazzy Jeff. Stay tuned. I'm here with photographer, videographer, traveler, Christopher Schaefer. How's it going, man? It's pretty good, man. Thank you. I'm humbled for actually you having to come through here and sit down with me. No, man, it was cool. You know, I went to school out here in Norfolk, and uh, it's just Hampton Roads area. You heard about certain people that were actually out here doing something, and you were definitely somebody that was on my radar then, too. So, you know, I've been following your work for a while now, too. So I'm humbled, man. I've been following you as well. You and uh, we got Thomas here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas is over in the cut in the today. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> He's actually... going to be providing background commentary with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he actually... Um, recommended today's beer or oh, we just actually spoke recently and uh he let me know about two-hearted ale by bells so we're going to check it out if you're in a dogfish head he said it's like a little well, like more more bitter than uh 61 mm-hmm. yeah so they're both ipas and uh we're just going to go ahead and open these up and get into it today so yep let go thank you mm-hmm. Oh yeah, damn. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm selfish. I'm selfish, Thomas. You gotta wait. <laughs> clink, clink. All right. Cheers. Yeah, you're right. It is a little citrusy. I get that. Mm-hmm. I like bitter beers. I really enjoy like the bite. Yeah. This is cool. This is cool. All right, so I dropped the bomb It's all good. The vacuum will find it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So great suggestion, Thomas. Thanks for this. Um People also call you call you, call you beans too. Yeah. <laughs> where, where where did that come from? Well, it was a nickname um, from middle school. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, in middle school, everybody always wanted to come up with their names and stuff like that. Those yeah. nicknames you would have. And I remember uh, a friend of mine. He used to say I look like butter beans, mm-hmm. boxer. Okay. <laughs> so you know, I'm a little round, pudgy kid you know, yeah, <laughs> at the yeah. time. And uh, that kind of just stuck with me, so okay. it became a little short version. Beans, Beano. Yeah. But in the professional world, Christopher <laughs> Schaefer is what I prefer to go by. That's <laughs> cool, that's cool. So people always, you know, they come on the show they, and they talk a little bit about their origin and how they actually got into photography. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I know you, you're into video as well. Which one, first of all, which one is, is more... Man, you know what's funny is my path was a little different, you know, because okay. I never imagined myself being a photographer. I didn't even know I had like a creative eye or anything like that. Okay. And, um, you know, at the time I was working in IT, I was a network specialist at Verizon. And, um, you know, I did that for five years uh, at the time before I uh, became a photographer. And it was funny because me and my wife, we just went on a, uh, um, I guess, anniversary vacation one year. Mm-hmm. And the camera that I had at the time, at the time, point and shoot cameras were like really popular, starting to come out like yeah, little Fuji point and shoots, the, um, you know, the little Samsungs and stuff like that. So, and I had those type of cameras, you know, just taking family pictures and things like that. 
and we were on vacation one time and, and the camera broke and I was like, yo, it seemed like every six months or every year I'm buying a new camera. These things are cheap. Yeah. So <laughs> so I convinced her to uh, you know, let me make that investment, you know, into into a DSLR. Yeah. And those had just really started coming out at the time. Like Nikon, I think, was one of the first that introduced it. Um, you know with with that style of camera mm-hmm. um being digital so you know i made the investment and bought a camera and uh just kind of fell in love with it i was like yeah this is kind of fun you know i enjoy this also at the time i had been messing around i've always been into technology so like trying to learn programs and things like that and i had been messing around with like photoshop and stuff like that really trying to you know learn learn that tool yeah and a friend of mine he uh had a modeling company uh here and he would always give me pictures and be like, yo, can you retouch this girl? Or can you try to add some graphics to this or something? And I'm like, I try it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that kind of became my hobby. So editing. And, uh, yeah, editing. That's and, cool. uh, you know, so the two kind of just came together. One day I was like, you know what? I think I want to take some pictures of somebody. Let me just, you know, how do you do it? What's What's the first step? Get a backdrop. Okay, cool. Let me get a backdrop. What's the next step? Oh, you need lights. All right, let me buy some lights. This thing starts getting expensive. I'm like, started acquiring your arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> this is an expensive hobby, <laughs> and um, you know, over time I acquired a bunch of equipment and things like that, and they jo- both just kind of fell hand in hand with the editing and the doing photography, mm-hmm. and I started to get a little sharper, you know, just kind of, you know, filling myself out, and at that time Verizon was uh, offering uh. A, a, a voluntary layoff. Oh. <laughs> right. Voluntary. And I was like, wait, this is probably one of the craziest things ever. A voluntary layoff. And they give you like a severance package and yeah. things like that. I'm like, yeah, I've been with this company for five years. It's cool, you know, do the same thing over and over, but I want to try something different. So I was like, let me take that gamble and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Man, that was the hardest three years of my life <laughs> oh. after that. <laughs> when oh, I tell man. you. Man, no, like this is definitely a. Uh, a leap of faith. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. But, um, you know, and just taking that gamble, man, it's paid off in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that, you know, I'm like at a certain level. I'm still nowhere near where I want to be at. But just to see how, what it's fruition into, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> but the most important thing is like you're sticking to it. A lot of people, yeah. they'll start something and feel like, oh, this is hard and, and, and stop. Or... Mm-hmm. You know, there like, was there was a lot of times where I would run across those points. So many times I would get to a point and be like, yo, I just want to quit. I just want to quit, okay. you know. And I think that's only natural when you're faced with, you know, life decisions, you know. Yeah. Life and your art are, are two different things. This is something that Jeff always tells me. Balancing your life and your art is one of the hardest things in the world to do. All right. You know? Now, fast forward a little bit. You said Jeff. Mm-hmm. Jazzy Jeff. DJ Jazzy DJ Jeff. DJ Jazzy Jeff. The world's best DJ. Exactly. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come back to that, but uh, let's just say that we have a, a two degrees of separation with that as well. It's okay. Kind of crazy how everything comes comes. <laughs> you know. But back to you, just like you know, starting off and coming to those times where it's just been difficult. Like, what's something that's kept you pushing? What's something that kept you pursuing that, knowing that it's difficult? I think that as a creative person, you always have this eager to like learn more. You're just eager to learn more. You you wanna you're so curious that you can't when you pick something up you cannot put it down, you know. It's it's like when you're out shooting or something like you see a shot but you're not getting it. You're gonna keep shooting until you get it, 
You know what I mean? And and I think that's what kept me going. Also having a good support system at home. You know, I'm fortunate enough to have a wife that, you know, through thick and thin, mm-hmm. I mean, really stuck by me and supported me, you know, never said anything negative about what I do or, you know, my approach to doing things, you know, was really supportive and helping me figure things out. That's you know? awesome. Man. Sometimes you got to figure things out yourself, you know, but it's good to have somebody that's that's able to push you. Yeah, definitely having somebody in your corner. A support team, like you said. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So now you're pushing through things, just, you know, you're still getting better. You said you're still getting better to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you shooting? Like you shoot, you shoot, you shoot your first model, you shoot your first gig. Like, what is it? Yeah. You know, I first started off like initially just shooting models and things like that. And I started to feel like I kept taking the same pictures over and over and over. And so I wanted something a little different. Um, at that time, you know, I was like, you know what, let me build a studio and see what I can make of it. So here at my house, I converted my entire garage into a um, into a white psych wall with a studio. And so it's still not finished. I'm st- still in. Pro- we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I built like a studio and was like, maybe I could start filming some videos in here, you know, mm-hmm. get some corporate clients or something like that. At the time, you know, I'm, I'm not too into like the local music. At that time, um, I wasn't too into the local music, but there was an artist I was kind of just paying attention to on like social media. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, man, you want to try to do a video? Mm-hmm. And I reached out to a couple of friends of mine that did video and was like, yo, can you help me out? <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and they, they came through, helped me out. Like a photographer friend of mine came out, uh, Dexter Cohen. Y'all probably know Dex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a great photographer. Shout out to Dex. Yep. And, and, and just taking a step backwards into photography, Dex was one of those people that taught me a lot about composition. Mm. You know what I mean? I was doing stuff so wrong <laughs> oh, when I first started, but he definitely got me into the right lane. Um, but he came through, helped me out. We shot a video, and I was like, yo, I kind of like this video stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got bit by the bug. Yeah, it was like you caught a bug, man. Um and then and then going taking that video and taking it to the editing, it was like, you know what? At the time I wanna learn how to do premiere. Taught myself premiere, mm. you know, started dibbling dabbling in After Effects and things like that. And then just How were you how how were you learning Premiere and After Effects? Is it off of like YouTube or are you just trying to YouTube era? University. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Google. Oh, and I will t- tell you like learning the basics off online is really great too, right? But it's also good to reach out to people and see how they do things. You know what I mean? Because it's always good to understand the technology, but mm-hmm. you know, to be stylish and creative with it. So, like, um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Corey Smith. Yeah, Corey Smith. He's uh, one of my partners at Visually Inclined. Viz Inc. Yep, Viz Inc. And um, he really taught me like the editing game, like you know, pacing and things like that. So he he was one of those people that got me into it. Or as far as teaching me Premiere and After Effects. All right. So, like, how, how often did you reach out to people to get help and, you know, got that, that door closed? <laughs> the, door never, the door never opened. When I first started, I was, after that, right, I said, well, I want to do video full time. You know, I think I want to try to take this on and do more videos than photography. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, I was like, you know what, let me send an email to a couple of production companies and just see what happens. I have no demo reel. I got one video that I'm showing them, you know? And uh, so I was like, you know what, let me reach out. I sent the email to three production companies in the area here. And one reached back to me and it was Corey and Tremaine. So, you know, as far as having doors closed, 
at that time, you know, I don't think any door was really closed. It was just, it's like throwing a cast net out there and seeing what happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, man. Hey, let's let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we want to talk more about Viz Inc. And um, want to get into this traveling. This week's vocabulary word is magic hour. The magic hour refers to sunrise and sunset. It's the time when the sun is closest to the horizon. The rays become much warmer in color than normal because we're viewing them through the more dense atmospheric particulate closest to the surface of the earth. And the cool blue of the sky makes a startling juxtaposition against the warm sunlight. White clouds also act as reflectors and pick up the wide range of dramatic colors as they receive the last or first rays of sunlight. And that's the Magic Hour. Hey guys, this weekend is Halloween. Now, whether you celebrate it or just enjoy the fall weather, I'm inviting you to come out to hang out with me at Prospect Park. So if you live in New York or if you're in Brooklyn, come through, hang out with me and a few of my friends. We'll be hosting a group portrait walk, Halloween themed. So if you have a costume, it's optional. I only ask that you bring candy and bring friends. Now, we'll be walking around Prospect Park looking for cool locations to shoot while we enjoy the fall weather. Also, there's a farmer's market out front. If it's chilly, which it probably will be, it's the fall time. They have hot cider, you know, snacks and food and whatnot. So if you if you come out, just, you know, enjoy the weather, enjoy the farmer's market, and enjoy the company of all of us. So if you're in the area and you can make it, come through. Back to the show. So we've gotten over those obstacles. There's still, you know, more to come. But now we're shooting with Vizink. You have a relationship now with, with Vizink. What is mm-hmm. that? What is that relationship? Well, you know, Corey and Tremaine, they're the founders of, of Vizink. And um, they have Tremaine been doing... Treasy. Treasy, yep. Filmmaking Treasy. Y'all know him. Um, they are the founders. They were two college kids that at the time. I think, you know, they were working for a different production company, but they, you know, that, you know, broke apart or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they kind of came together and wanted to, you know, build their own brand. And, um, at the time they were pretty popular on the scene. They were doing some pretty dope videos and, uh, you know, just in seeing them come up was inspiring. And I was like, yo, these guys are from the same area I'm from. You know why not work with them? Um, so it was good the way that it worked out, and 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 they kind of introduced me to how things are supposed to be done. You know, fundamentals to say the least. Mm. Um, learning fundamentals about film work and how you're supposed to function on a set. You know, what different roles you play. Like, cause I'm totally unaware at the time. Like, I just I'm a dude with a camera, and I thought I did something dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so so they really gave me a lot of the fundamentals, like stuff I wasn't aware of. These dudes like live, eat, and breathe film. They quote movie lines and directors, <laughs> and you know who was the DP. And I'm like, I have no clue, man. But that shit was dope. <laughs> so, so what are some things that they're putting putting you onto? Like, what's like the most memorable thing, if any? Man, just opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. Just opportunity. I think they're probably one of the only. Uh, organizations here in this area that really reach out and do Hampton, a lot of hands on with community, yeah, in, in in the Hampton Roads area, Virginia, shoot, East Coast, West Coast, <laughs> yeah, you know no, they really reach out to a lot of people. You know one thing, all right, so I I, I shoot for the Combat Jack show, okay, oh dope. And one day we had a guest, uh, Stolly, okay, I saw, and I, I saw that Stolly had a video done by yourself and Bazink. Yep, Jack and Chevy's, Jack and Chevy's, so. 
that right there, like the people that I was around, then for me to tell them, you know, I'm excited because like you know I'm I meet Stolly, but I'm more excited that Stolly did some work with somebody that I kind of have two degrees of separation mm-hmm. between. So it was like a feel good situation. That's always dope, man. Yeah. I, I recently experienced one of those too, and I was just like, wow, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, it's awesome. So going back with those two degrees of separation you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. or kind of touched on. You said Jeff, talking about Jazzy Jeff. Like, you shoot mm-hmm. with Jazzy Jeff right now, right? That's right. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm his creative media director. Okay. So you so you pretty much take care of all his visuals and images? Visuals, images, um, pretty much any design work. Um, you know, when we start working on campaigns that we want to do as a team, you know, we definitely collaborate and try to come up with the best formula for it. It's got to be pretty awesome and pretty fun traveling around. The relationship is uh, Corey Towns. Oh wow! Yeah, yep. Jeff's yeah. son. Yeah, yep. It's crazy. Like the whole, you know, we're all like around the same age. You, 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 you and Corey uh, 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 know each other because you're in New York, right? Yeah, I'm in yeah. New York. Uh, Corey's up there working, yep. and uh, I actually cool Corey's roommate. Oh, and, dope. Yeah, and that's how we kind of met, and then just another two degrees, but it's. The whole thing is crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's, Corey's like a writer for Ebony yeah, Magazine, I believe. He's a writer, and he's, you know, there's a Greek connection between us. Mm-hmm. Like, he and my cousin are in the same frat, so yeah. it's, it's weird. But two degrees. So the whole feel-good situation, like, me making that connection was like a whole thing. Oh, you know cuz, too? We good. We good. It's an icebreaker. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. definitely, you know. That's 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 part of building your network when you have discussions and you you know talk about the experiences that you had and somebody may be able to relate to that you know or if you're aware of who somebody, you know who's what somebody does you know it kind of gives you a, a point to interject and you know start conversation exactly and you know essentially networking possibly getting you know an, another project whether it's a corporate gig or mm-hmm. a personal gig um, so what's it been like uh, traveling around with. Man, a photographer's dream come true. I can't even trip. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even trip, man. It was weird, like the whole how the whole you know uh, Jeff situation came to me. You know, at the time I did a music video for Skills. Y'all know Skills, yeah, from Virginia. Yeah. I remember yeah. Skills used to always have like the end of the year wrap ups. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Even, and Skills. I'll cut you off, but like even in even in Maryland, we would uh. Yep. Because he has a lot of family in Baltimore. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> Another two degrees of separation. Exactly. Things are closer to home. But um, I had did a video with Skills, and, and we flew out to Vegas to film it. And it was weird. It was, I hadn't been to Vegas in a while, so it was a little different for me to, like, wow, I'm shooting a music video in Vegas. I was still real early in the game. And uh, so I filmed the video for Skills, and me, I'm like a really quick editor. You know, I'm, I'm pretty fast with it. So I had a cut for him the next day. You know, after we shot it, um, he shared it with Jeff. You know, before <laughs> he could even give me feedback, and before he could even you know contact me and tell me that you know he liked the cut or whatever. You know, I got a phone call from Jeff. I was like, who? <laughs> it was weird because I got this number and I was like, who is this? Right. And I was like, you know, some Philly number. Right. I'm from I'm from you know I'm from Newport News, so I let it go to voicemail. You know what I'm saying? I ain't about to answer that. <laughs> so I let it go to voicemail and. Um, couple minutes, you know, you got to let it, you know, settle down a little bit before you check the message, you know, because you the boss, you in charge at this point. <laughs> you got dictated. Right, I'm dictating this phone call. <laughs> so I checked the voicemail, and it was a message from, the dude comes on the phone, he said, hey, man, this is Jeff. 
Um, this is my number, such and such, such, such. Um, uh, give me a call back. And I was like, I hung up the voicemail and I was like, who is Jeff? <laughs> right? And I was like, right. I was because like, I know it ain't. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I think a while later, I got a text message from Skills and he was like, yo, call Jeff. And I was like, oh, okay. Called him up and he was like, yo, man, it's crazy how you flipped that video in one day. And I was like, yeah, you know, I just like to stay on top of things, you know? And he was like, uh, yo, uh, you want to go around the world? Oh, shit. <laughs> just like that. What? And I was like, damn right. <laughs> you know, and this was definitely at one of those times in my career where I wasn't doing the greatest. You know, this was one of those struggles. And I was like, what am I saying? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> so it was this a no brainer, man. He was like, yeah, we're going on a tour of Asia and I really want somebody to come along and document it. I don't know what I want to do with the footage, but, uh, you know. It's, it'll be nice to have somebody document these experiences that I go through because it's tough for me sometimes to tell these stories. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And that's how it began. Man, that's awesome because right there, like, he's giving over creative freedom mm -hmm. to you because he's like, you know, just come along. You know, I like the, I like one aspect, at least one aspect of what you did exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. You know, like, turn something around really quick. I know, I know your quality is dope. I've seen your work. Thank you, know, you man. But on top of that, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying, man. <laughs> and your work is dope. But just on top of that, having a quick turnaround and being professional about it, man. I tell you about that quick turnaround. Yeah, it's a gift and a curse. Uh oh. Yeah, somebody, somebody finds out it's folks, a wrap. Folks get spoiled, man. <laughs> but no, it's a, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I know, I know, it's nothing to you, but uh, <laughs> so then he just says you want to go around the world, right, right. Damn. I was, I was a little thrown back, like, like you want me to what? Damn, I'm going. So the first tour was in Asia, so that was probably like the craziest thing ever. Because mm -hmm. like you think like your first time, this was like. Not my first time going out the country, but first time you're about to experience some real travel, you're like, you know, we're probably going to go to Canada, you know, Europe or something. Nah, we landed in Hong Kong, yeah. <laughs> in China. And I was like, uh, I'm in Hong Kong. <laughs> was that, what was that like? Was everything like busier or? It, it was definitely busier, man. They, they, they have a lot of people over there in that side of the world. But, you know, what was for? Okay. No, no, I was just going to say, for, for me, like, that being the first experience and the very first show that um, Jeff did was with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg at this club called Dragon Eye. And it probably fit about 500 people in this club. And it was probably about 2,000 people in that club. That's crazy. That's how, this was when Beats was launching, uh, you know, early in the game. And they did a party for Beats at this club, and Jeff was DJing with, uh, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Right. And um, I'm sitting there going, wait, what just happened? Because I didn't know about any of this. And, yeah. you know, I get there and I'm like, this is wild. <laughs> just immediately turned Snoop up. Dogg's there. This corrupt. This Dr. J, man. He's like within feet of me. And I'm, I'm like throwing, throwing back like, all right, buckle down. Let me let me get rid of this starstruckness, right? Yeah, so it happens, you know? It. it happens. No, not that I made it. It was just like, I got something to do. So I have a job to do. So, you know, immediately I start filming in this club. Like I said, there's 2,000 people in there. And it probably fit about 500. I'm climbing over people, like trying to get a shot. By the end of that night, I was sitting there going, wait, is the rest of the tour like this? <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was a crazy, like, you know, first show situation. That is crazy. And it was, it was, it was a lot happening. 
So yeah, you exactly. you, did you feel like you got thrown in the fire or were you just more like, I'm excited to be here and I'm about to kill it? Man, I guess a little bit of both, but in a good way, you know, not in a negative way. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you want to be in that fire, you know what I'm saying? And, and 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 without that fire, you wouldn't be, well, what else would you be doing? You know what I mean? You'd be sitting at home trying to figure out how to get there. So, you know, it's, it was really dope to, to experience that, you know, especially early in the game. Still in Asia, man. Like, What was that language barrier like? Man, I appreciate the tools that we have now. The tools that we have now are way better, like communication-wise. This is I started traveling with Jeff like four years ago. So back then it was like you had to have somebody with you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that, that could speak the native language. Okay, so like a, like a, a tour guide. Translator, tour guide. Usually it'd be like a promoter or something like that, you okay. know, because they're usually bilingual. Um, You know, and you're, you're out in the streets and these people, you're like, you know, just for example, shopping and you're negotiating with somebody and you're like, is that the right amount of money I should be paying for this? You're still thinking that they, they might be getting me. Exactly. So, and you're always on guard in the beginning because it's new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it, it was it was it was interesting. Like just like getting to see so many different cultures in one trip, and we were on the road for like a month. Mm. You know, that was my first time really being away from home that long on some traveling. Um. So, and we went to like maybe twelve countries. I believe I couldn't tell you right now, man. It's all a blur. Yeah, but like twelve different countries, man, and, and some some of those countries, dual cities, you know. What does that mean, dual cities? Like we might go to like um, Shanghai and Beijing or something like that, but oh. we're still in China. Okay. You know. Okay. So what's like today? I guess like what's like the coolest experience that you've had traveling with Jeff? There've been so many experiences. I couldn't pinpoint one, man. They're all good experiences. I mean, other than, you know, being tired, you know, that okay. <laughs> that makes it worth it. But um but there's just so many experiences, man. I would say that my favorite place to go to would be um uh, Bangkok, Thailand. Mm-hmm. You know, not on no freaky shit or nothing like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just they have a really cool culture there, man. Everybody's so humble, you yeah. know what I mean? Um you see poor kids and poor people in the streets and it kind of humbles you. You know what I mean? You see like this guy walking around and he don't have no arms or something, mm. you know, whether it be, you know, from whatever condition he had or whatnot. Let me, me ask you this. How do you feel about photos of that? I mean, I guess of any, anywhere you are in the world, a poor mm. class is a poor class, but you as a photographer, you see that. And that's something that you might not see every day, you know, in Hampton. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see that, and do you decide to take a photo of that, or do you think that's that's not for you, or that's not to be photographed? Like, I I think if it's a if the moment you know allows it, mm-hmm. and you feel like that's a f- photograph that you want to get, then shoot the shot. You know what I mean? I don't think there's I don't think you should be disrespectful about it. You should definitely check the temperature when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, I tell you what fucked me up though when we went to Vietnam. We went to the Vietnam War Museum, mm. and in that museum were probably some of the wildest portraits I've ever seen really? of people in my life. How how so? You imagine, you know, everybody understands the Vietnam War was kind of crazy or whatever. Yeah. I don't know the full history of it. I'm not going to break all that down, but yeah, definitely, right. you know, people were injured and, yeah. you know, chemical warfare was used and yeah. things like that. So, like, in this museum, like, they have this special... Um, gallery that you go into and they have like disclosures just how graphic it's going to be and you're like oh i can stomach a lot you know if you're a person that can do that type of stuff 
And and I feel like I'm that type of person. I can stomach a whole lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So I go into this museum with the whole crew, and we're just looking around, man. And you're seeing babies, kids, you know, women decapitated, you know, half of their body blown away, but they're still moving or whatever, you know what I mean? And all this crazy, crazy, gory photography in here. Yeah. When you walk out, you have to have a tear in your eye because you're like, man, somebody went through that? Like, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And for somebody to be able to capture that, like, how would I ever know to experience, you know, to appreciate things the way they are now if I had not seen that? So I think mm-hmm. that by somebody being able to photograph a moment like that, you know what I mean? It's, it's all the way worth it as long as the opportunity warrants it. Right, right. That's awesome because you think about it, you could definitely do it because you know in the back of your mind that it's just going to get Mm-hmm. A lot of attention, or you could do it because you want to promote awareness of this yeah, existence. Absolutely. I mean, if you're the type of person, you know, like, oh, I could get some financial gain off of this, then you know, that's that's crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if you're the type of person that just want you're you're focused on the imagery and, and the impactfulness of it, you know. If you feel like it can move people, you yeah. know, share it. Or so while you're on these trips, you're shooting Jazzy Jeff, but what are you shooting for yourself? Man, every opportunity I get, I try to take photographs. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly it's of them. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you shoot the people that are, that you travel with, you know. That's mm-hmm. the people that you're on the road with. So that's what you're there to do is shoot them. Um, so I try to incorporate them into my work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a photo of a silhouette I want to get or something, you know, I need somebody to stand in, you know. So I'll get somebody, one of the guys to do it. Um, you know, and, and as far as being on the road and doing, like, a lot of personal photography... I pretty much try to stick to landscapes and shapes and things like that, you mm-hmm. know, because like that's what's available to me. I I used to try to reach out to women and or models or whatever and see if I can get them to shoot, but sometimes those language barriers are really rough, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're from another side of the planet asking them to, you know, pose for you and you don't have that rapport, you know, it gets a little weird. So I'm not really super comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, I like hitting the streets, man, late at night or something, and just explore something that. Ain't a lot of people around. Yeah, that's that's definitely cool. Cause one thing that you notice from traveling is the lay of the land is differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lay of the land is different, uh, whether that's landscape or even the structure of the buildings, mm-hmm. like the actual architectural structure of the buildings. But to bring it back, I guess home to the United States, like in New York, I just recently started to like look at the buildings in New York City. As canyons, mm-hmm. hmm. that's interesting. Like we just we just actually happen to live at the bottom of the canyon, mm-hmm. but everybody that has these shots up on top of roof of roofs to see the skyline, or even the people that like climb buildings and hop off the edge and shoot their shoes, <laughs> like like they're on top of the canyon. Mm-hmm. It's it's a thing to to climb to the top, um, but if you're actually in like the Grand Canyon, it's a thing to actually get to the bottom, but. That's cool to compare those different like settings or visualize a different environment as something else, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure if you're in like China, all the images that we see over here that reflect that are like neon lights, and yeah, streets that might be dirty, and whatnot. I guess what what was your perspective on that? As far as different like scenery, like how how man, it actually affects you. When I get the opportunity to go out and see some scenery, like to me, that's the greatest thing when I'm on the road. A lot of times, you know, the guys they're tired, they do shows, and you know, 
the next day they kind of just want to chill. You know, they're artists too, so they want to create in their rooms, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm like, well, let me go out and explore something. Recently on the last trip, we went to Japan and we had a opportunity to stay in Japan for like over a week, mm-hmm. which was dope. But I found it more fun to go to, we, we moved on to, uh, where did we go? We went to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And we had like a couple of days off and I was like, well, I'm taking this opportunity because that whole week in Tokyo, I worked, you know, yeah. I shot when I could. But when we went to Hong Kong, I was like, I'm going to explore. <laughs> There's so much, you know, I, I look at it as like a challenge. Like, for example, last time I was in um, Hong Kong, and I know I'm way off subject. But last time we were in Hong Kong, I found out that there was this location that Michael Bay shot Transformers in. Okay. Called uh, Quarry Bay. Okay. So there was some like really dope shots of like buildings and stuff like that. And I have seen people post this stuff before uh, on on social media. And I was like, you know what? I want to try that. I want to find this spot mm-hmm. and 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 go shoot it. Mm-hmm. So four in the morning, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> let me go ahead and venture out here. I mean, it's just me and this cab driver that don't speak English, okay. <laughs> and really I'm trying to tell him where to, you know, where I wanted to go. Yeah, he drops me off. I'm looking around like, wait a minute. Yeah, like... <laughs> I don't see any English speaking folks, and uh, it's it's a little sketchy out here. Start thinking, how, how am I gonna get back for real? Man. Like, I might get some dope shots right here, real quick. But I don't... The fortunate thing is, there's always cabs in Hong Kong, so. Yeah. It's very similar to New York, I guess. Um, but anyway, so like I, I go out and I venture out and I'm shooting this four o'clock in the morning building that, you know, Transformers was shot at. And I'm like getting a rush. Like, no, nah, let me, I mean, I probably took 400, 500 pictures of the same <laughs> just thing. Area. Of the same thing, just trying to, you know, just, it, it was interesting, man. And then I carried myself back to the hotel and realized where I was at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but something like that, man, really, I get a thrill out of like, you know, when you're in a different location, like, like go yeah. out and seek and explore yeah. something, you know? Yeah. So to bring it back to the most recent time we went to, to uh, Hong Kong, I, I kind of did the same thing, but during the day. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. It always feels a little safer during the day. It's a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you'd be feeling like, you know, a group of ninjas going to come out and like... <laughs> you stumbled upon it like a... Right, the triads are going to come get me or something, you know? Crazy. Man, let's take another break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about what's next and maybe a little advice. Stay tuned. This week in Tech Briefs, Fujifilm X-Series has dropped a new prime lens. Fujifilm has added another 35mm prime to the family, which is equivalent to a 53mm on a full-frame body. The new lens has a weather-resistant design with eight ceiling points for weather and dust resistance and operation in temperatures as low as 14 degrees Fahrenheit. It has an internal focusing system with 0.08 seconds autofocus speed and nearly silent operation. It has nano GI coating to reduce ghosting and flare. Its 9 blade aperture creates smooth circular bokeh, 1 over 3 EV steps, and a minimum working distance of approximately 13 inches. The XF 35mm F2R WR will be available in November for about $400. Check the show notes below to find out more about the XF 35mm. This week's recommended book is Die Empty by Todd Henry. This is a great book for creatives. It's a good introspective look at how to use energy and time wiser. It gives a little context to issues creators run into, gives you insight to getting the most out of your work, and not falling victim to typical pitfalls creators may run into. So once again, that's Die Empty, by Todd Henry. 
I went back. <laughs> but um, so what's what's next, man? Like we've, we've we're still traveling the world, still shooting with Jeff. What's next? Man, I really want to do a film one day, man. I've never done a film before, and I've never really worked with serious actors, you know, doing um, a full-on production. And I really want to do a film, and I think that might be something that's in the works here soon, you know. And I'm not talking about like a major motion picture, nothing like that. If that comes down the down the pipeline, cool. But I think, you know, I'm really into like indie films and seeing how people create with what they have, you know, mm-hmm. taking what you have and using it to its fullest potential. That's a part to of create it. a visual, you know what I mean? That's I mean, that's that's what we all learn off of. You know what particular genre you might want to? I have like, no idea. Yeah? I have no idea, and that's why it's not coming to me, so I'm not in a rush, you know what I mean, to do yeah. it, but I know that that's definitely one of the things that I feel like I should accomplish. Okay. You know, um, I like the music videos. The music videos are a great way to be creative, you know, and add your energy to somebody's music. But I think working with a bigger team and creating, like, a, a, a full-on film would be even doper because you got so many different elements, you mm-hmm. know, that you can uh, work with people on. I think you know that's the root of everything we do is working with people, yeah. you know, seeing who can have value here and there. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what's a cool genre that I slept on for a while? Documentaries. Yeah. Like, if you shoot it right, like, I guess I like it as a, from the photographer's side point, like, mm-hmm. the director of photography's side point, uh, point of view of it. You get to see... This could be a boring documentary that looks like it should be on some low-budget channel or PBS or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you can take the challenge to make this particular boring subject look better. Mm-hmm. And I judge books by its cover, so if you look at it and think this looks awesome, you might retain information a little better. So it's kind of like a challenge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Documentaries are a real great way to educate yourself, one. Especially if it's something that you're not, you know, an expert on or, you know, even have a lot of knowledge about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, documentaries, they teach you so much from all different aspects of interacting with people mm-hmm. to doing your research to looking for certain shots to add to your story, mm-hmm. you know. And and on the flip side of that, then you have all the film stuff, you know what I mean, that you mm-hmm. want to kind of educate yourself about. Like, oh, I need this type of microphone or I need this type of equipment to be able to film it the way I want. You know what I mean? So right. it's a good way for you to teach yourself and be well rounded, you know, and overall. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you uh like draw inspiration from some of the things that you viewed? Like uh, you talking documentary film, so on and so forth? Man. To to me it's like every being that everything that I film is always so challenging. Like I don't ever have a preconceived story. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's one of the reasons why I want to try you know, doing a a yeah. film, you know, because then you have it all put together. But mm-hmm. when when doing documentaries, like you don't have any idea how this is gonna turn out mm-hmm. unless you're one of those people that write a script and target all the things that you wanna, yeah. you know, have. But when you film like events and things like that, it's so challenging to find those stories. You never know when it's gonna end, or <laughs> you know, I, or when a moment's gonna happen. Tell you something I learned from it. Uh, I was shooting this reality show. I guess it was. I don't really consider it a reality show because it was close to home. It was just me working with a rapper that I believed in. Mm-hmm. I believe in. And I'm shooting his progress throughout making his mixtape. The mixtape was called The Rough Draft. Mm. And uh, Rough Rough Drafts. And uh, the series was called uh, Rough Drafts as well. But he was working on that. And after gathering all that information, what I, what I was doing was just gathering information today, editing it, and putting it out tomorrow. But the downside to that is that I 
should have been just filming for like a period period of time and then chopping that footage up afterwards and develop a story from it. Mm-hmm. So as an event photographer, or, I mean, or an event uh, videographer, I guess that the lesson learned to date is just to capture all of that information and then once you're done, create the story from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the downside to that is, like in these reality shows, if you're the if you're the director or the producer, you might have your own story in mind that might not be in line with the actual uh, subjects. Mm-hmm. So it might make them look good or bad. If you want to make a good project, it's just something you have to just keep in mind from that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know when you when you work with people, you know my whole thing. And I don't ever want to make anybody look bad. You know, so you definitely try to you know project the proper image that exactly. makes their branding. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one. That's your integrity absolutely two that's your creativity mm-hmm. you want to make them you try to find ways to work with what you have to make them to make your project look great absolutely you know and then at the same time you get to incorporate your style and all of that into yeah. it you know that's how you add your personal touches you know right. so you have a lot of control for sure you know definitely in, in in monitoring you know how the story goes so i know it's a probably loaded question to ask but advice kind of advice would you give somebody coming up right now i mean i know just as a photographer your friends ask you questions all the time Mm -hmm. so like what's probably one of the most valuable pieces of advice that you can probably think of right now to give somebody just trying to come up well i think that if you're pursuing photography or anything creative you know filming um anything creative in the creative world or the entertainment world if you're if you're if that's the lane you want to be in the absolute one thing you have to have is tough skin. Mm. You know what I mean? Nothing else. Yeah. Everything else will, you know, you if you if you if you have ambition and, and the will to go out and do something, you'll do it. Mm. But just have tough skin. Mm. Cause when it comes back in your face, you know, you gotta have that tough skin to keep going. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I mean, as far as the technical stuff, all that stuff will come to you, mm. you know, if you if you're really passionate about it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I was telling Thomas the other day, like like, I feel like he's more of a technical person. That's not a negative thing. That's something that's going to help his uh, artistic side, mm-hmm. or create, creative side, you know? Me, I'm, I feel like I'm more of a hands-on. I have to figure out something uh, by doing something, by mm-hmm. being creative about it. So Trial know, and error. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But with that, you start to learn about the technical things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No matter, it's funny, you'll always find a way to do it. Like, sometimes it'll be something that you're looking for. And it's so simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is so simple. You just don't know how to verbalize it. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. or or to, to be able to do the research. But once you find out, it's like, man, you start digging more and more and more mm-hmm. and you teach yourself more, you know. So like that trial and error is 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 key, I think, you know, in, in trying to be a, a really good creative person. Mm-hmm. And it's been an awesome conversation. Uh, let's talk about that Leica over there. Is that a Leica? Oh no, nah, this or is my trends at a Fuji. Yeah, it's a Fuji joint. Ooh, Fuji X one hundred S. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. It's like my workhorse right now. Like I, I have a, I shoot with a seven D a lot, but that's pretty much taken over. Um, DJ Bab, not Babu. Yeah, DJ Babu. He shoots with one of the. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he's one of the beat junkies. Okay. He's a pretty popular photographer on Instagram as well. I might it's check him out. It's crazy how like a lot of uh people in music. Are really starting to yep. like start to make that transition. Yeah, because uh, was um, Guru. Yep, Guru's like, a photographer. Like how how did that? Like, where did you? <laughs> I 
Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's that creative itch, man. You know, when you have, when you do one thing and you feel like you're, you know, at a, you perform at a high level at it, you kind of, you know, you start to seek other ways to be creative, you know? And I think that that's dope that they do that. You know, like you got DJ Babu, who else? Uh, Young Guru is a really great photographer. Um, uh, uh, D Nice. Yeah, yeah, D Nice yeah. is a great photographer yeah, as well. Really um, and then you out, you have a you know a bunch of other people out there that not only juggle one thing. You know what I mean? I th- I think it's dope. You and you see that across different mediums too. Mm-hmm. Hey, you might be a photographer that loves to cook, so that culinary art might be the the other art bug that exactly that, that bites you. Or um, you look at somebody like Biz Marquis, like you never imagine him being on Yo Gabba Gabba, exactly. and you're like. <laughs> What? <laughs> it works, man. Gabby Gabba's cracked. And he has fun. <laughs> he has fun, you know? Yeah. Or uh, what's the actor name? Lance Gross. Lance Gross is a photographer. I was kind of hating on it at first when, when I thought he was a photographer. I was like, man, and you got the cheat code. Like, you're, you're an actor. You're shooting people he, that you work with. He caught That's that awesome. itch. Yeah. I mean, his, his stuff is dope. I know we mentioned earlier, I always do like a book at the end of the episode. What are some sources of inspiration? Whether it be book or website that you always find yourself going to. Man, what am I on the most? <sighs> Can I say Google Images? Yeah. Google Images is probably the most uh, powerful resource to me, you know, especially when I'm trying to get a, a, a visualize something, you know, that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's probably one of the most valuable tools out there. Um, of course, you know, my favorite social media is, is Instagram. You know, you get to learn a lot about people, people's backgrounds or, you know, art styles, things like that. You know, just the way they function. I think it's 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 personable, you mm-hmm. know, in a sense. And it's a way you can kind of control it, you know. So, like, you know, and, and just trying to get inspiration for visuals, I think those are the two go-to places for me, to be honest. Or, you know, and YouTube. Okay, YouTube yeah, University, <laughs> okay, the Encyclopedia of Googledia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can learn anything. Yeah, so much sources. information out there, yeah. man. You know, it's up to you to, I guess, find it, you know? Dope, man. Well, like I said, it was awesome having you on the show. Great talking to you. And uh, let's get better. Yeah, this was a good uh, beer suggestion, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm buzzing over here, man. <laughs> oh, but here's the thing. Why do they always put a fish on a beer, man? Well, I don't understand that. It doesn't look like it tastes good. Y'all made this in the river? <laughs> Thanks again for listening to another episode of We're Getting Better. As always, drop comments in the section below. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brian Summers, B-R-Y-O-N-S-U-M-M-E-R-S, and BrianSummers.com. Let's get better. <laughs>